Welcome back, boys and girls, to Pick Your Poison Podcast, week negative one. We're almost there. We're almost there. SEC slate's right around the corner, but we're still here for you, still giving picks with a very, uh, it's, a, it's a vague week. It's a, it's a low-key week after a pretty low-key week last week, but hey, we're still back. We got a lot of big news to cover, a lot of uh, a lot of juicy lines to hit. So, uh, Pullman, what are your thoughts here uh, just on week one, week negative one? Yeah. I was about to say with the slate we're having, uh, week negative one kind of makes sense. Um, it feels like the real week zero of normal college football season. Yeah. When there's games on that you're like, that kind of interests me, but would I rather get drunk and play golf? Yes, maybe. I can't answer that here because I yeah, this should be like where there, this should be the week where there's like like five games on. One is played in like Australia on like Thursday night, which gets to us on like Saturday morning somehow because of the time zones and everything. It's played in Perth, the greatest city in the on, in the world. But yeah, this is week negative one. You know, we're we're inching closer. We're inching close. Last week, I I had a good time watching football last week. ACC opening week, there were some decent games. Some games that definitely hovered around the line. I was five and three last week. It was a pretty good a good bounce back week. It was I consider that a a, a, a very solid week. A week that I should deliver to you, the listeners. Every week, I think I should be giving that to you every week. I gave it to you last week after a very poor week, week negative three or whatever that was. Pullman, what were you last week? You three, were also three winning. and two, bringing me to seven and three on the season. I'll tell you something: three and two, not acceptable. I'm sorry out there to all the profiteers who've been listening to me for three years now, like feeding for the picks, and I can only just tempt you with a three and two on on a normal college football weekend. Not I, my best. I respect Hand in the air. I respect you for only going five. Like you know what you know. You you had five games that you liked. You delivered those five games. You won three of them. You didn't reach for anything that you didn't quite like, just to give you know the listeners more. I don't know potential winnings there. I, I had eight games that I liked. I delivered those five and three, very good. But still, winning week on both ends. You're up a pretty good amount on the year. I'm I'm crawling back to even here. Well, you that, like more because you're naturally a nice person. I'm naturally an asshole, so I like less games. Well, that's true. But you know, who knows? I think I'm just more of a maybe more of a degenerate. And when when the juices get flowing later in the later in the afternoon, when the beers get flowing, I tend to maybe throw a few more units around. So that might also have something to do with indubly, it. Indubly, indubly. <laughs> so we can uh, we can jump right in so week negative one here um the big story that came out today we're recording this on wednesday night at 7 15 wednesday the big 10 is back big 10 we've been hearing rumblings of it for a while i like how you kind of said with a half question but it wasn't a real question because you still like is it fake i think it's real i hope it's real Oh, the Big Ten are there. I mean, they're just such cowards for the way they handled all this. Like, I get that they're back and we should be rejoicing. Like, I'm, I'm all the football that you can bring me, I'll take. The Big Ten is a you know major conference. They'll have a bunch of good games. I'll it'll it'll make my Saturdays much more enjoyable having more games to watch. Even though sometimes it'll be Northwestern versus Iowa in a ten to six snooze fest. Still Big Ten. Still some some high profile teams, high profile games. I saw where they said no fans at all for the entire season. Like blanket statement across the whole like whole conference. While other conferences are kind of giving it up to the schools, the states, like. You know, that's classic Big Ten, just trying to still be lib, you know, living up to the lib media. Yeah, and I've also followed some of their stuff saying that the requirements for the C's are going to be very difficult for them to follow and adhere to. Yeah, I so saw some So it'll be really interesting too. to see if we get three weeks in the season and Ohio State goes 3-0, the rest <laughs> yeah. of the conference gets canceled, do they go to the playoffs or not? Does Penn State go? Because you know Penn State's only going to lose to Ohio State. Yes, that's a fact. So that really throws a wrinkle into these 
are the, is the Big Ten trying to finagle the system to get in the playoffs? Hey, they said it's by win percentage, so theoretically they could have like one team go three and zero, like you said, and have the best win percentage in all of college football. So also, yeah. how much does this make the Pac-12 look like a bunch of cowards right now, using someone else's information to say that's the reason we're not going to play football, and then them coming back and saying, well, we found new information and new testing, we're going to play football. The Pac-12, I'm pretty sure Larry Scott just turned his phone off. Well, yeah, we had we had this dialed in from the get-go. Larry Scott, uh, fluent in French, clear coward. We said that from the beginning. We had him, we had his character uh, just nailed in. So we, we knew what he was. We knew what the Pac-12 was. California, I mean, I will say California, the whole West Coast is engulfed in flames right now. So, you know, I saw... T's and P's. Yeah, T's and P's, big time. Like, Sam, the, the 49ers barely was able to hold a game in their stadium last weekend because of all the fires and everything, the air quality. But, yeah, it, it goes way deeper than that. Larry Scott, Oops. consummate coward. Sober drunk thought. Go ahead. We replace USC Junior on the East Coast with USC Junior, or Senior West Coast and just put USC on USC... Yeah, and let them play in the SEC this year. I don't hate it. Does anyone? Would anyone really miss the state of South Carolina if it just disappeared? Oh, absolutely not. Now, now, um, the wife of the South Carolina head coach would be very upset. Boom's wife would be very upset because without a win, she's still in. She's still uh, celibate over there. Not, you know, she's still having to ride the the one million dollar new gold cock um, I, instead of her husband's. I think she would pay money to not have sex with her husband. But, but well, I did see USC in California. Their quarterback, a bunch of their players, like wrote a letter to the to the like governor or whatever, thinking that that's going to make some change. Like, there's no way that's happening, right? There's Scott Newsom has his head further up his ass than any other governor, so no, that's not going to So work. it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger anymore? He's no longer the governor? No, I wish so. Uh, I think if he was the governor, we would just have like a, a giant ma- steel cage match with ladders, and that would just kind of decide who was the national champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would actually be like the champion for football. He'd want to like, literally have fights out there in order to determine who's the champion. Instead, we have some Nancy boy that like is, is so afraid of any sort of contact that he cannot let his schools play football but we're not going to talk about the Pac-12 they've they fired themselves in the sun that's their fault they're going to fall back 10 years in terms of like they were already behind the other conferences but they're going to be even further back now Big Ten's back I'm I'm excited they shouldn't I've seen some like takes out there that the Big Ten is took the right approach and that they waited to to be able to understand all the data and now that now they're even more responsible now like no this is the let me boil this down the big 10 looked and saw the sec the acc the even some of the smaller conferences playing football and playing football successfully and and without any health concerns and they saw all the powers that be the board of regents the the presidents the 80s they said shit we fucked up by canceling this so early before we had to that we're gonna lose all of our jobs if we don't have a football season we've lost our our not alone not 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 only our universities hundreds of millions our communities that these all these all these college towns have lost hundreds of millions of dollars we are we are the ones that have made this decision we are going to get tanked because of this We've got to revert course here. We've got to come back to the mean. We've got to we've got to figure out a way to get this done, even though we're going to look like assholes by doing this. We gotta we gotta do it. I mean, I applaud them for doing it, but the people that are in the media saying, "Oh no, these are like these are you know responsible human beings for for making this change," like applauding them for being so responsible and reasonable. Like, no, fuck that. These are idiots that are just trying to save their own ass. Yeah, I got two points on that. A, well, first, when you see the Sun Belt doing it whose endowment is the size of my bank account, 
and you realize that poor schools like this can be played three times in a row and not have a COVID outbreak. Even less than Boomer's 401k. Even less than Boomer's 401k. Rest in peace, Boomer. Second thought, it's 2020. Sell your soul for football. Yeah, I saw that I saw that USA Today article that they said now they've sold their soul to football. Like, no, it is the time in which football football makes every other athletic budget run. It makes every single athletic department it funds everything you wouldn't be able to have college basketball without football you wouldn't be able to have college baseball without football like if you haven't sold your soul to the football devils already then what are you even doing in college athletics yeah no they already have all those schools have already sold their souls to football look at jerry sandusky look at all the problems that that have been swept on the rug because of football like i'm not gonna sit here and, and listen to that nonsense the the big 10 was in cover your ass mode and did whatever they could to hide their hide their negligence and and come back to reality here and play football like they should have done in the first place. Sorry I went on a rant there. I was a little I was a little triggered, but the Big 10's back. I shouldn't be so negative. I shouldn't be so like trigger happy at getting those people what they deserve. I should be happy that we'll get to see Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan and and Wisconsin play in snow bowls that'll probably be 10 to 7 uh, with with easy unders all year that just give us lots. You know me, I love unders. So love big, unders. big 10 being back really helps my brain. Big 10 unders, yeah. I, I, there probably will be a Big 10 points or big 10 uh total there'll be a, a total of 10 points at some time when northwestern is playing michigan wisconsin state. yeah michigan state at in in michigan state when there's eight feet of snow on the ground and they're having to literally like snow plow their way to the end zone yeah no there's there's uh more pounds of snow on the ground like in the city of east lakes <laughs> yeah than there are people on the planet i don't yeah. i didn't mean for this to turn into a big 12 bassing session but i probably knew it we probably knew that's where it would have turned but um we'll, we'll turn our attention here big 10's back we're all pumped college football baby but uh we got some bits here starting a few a few new bits that we're going to throw out to the masses for our for our listeners here first up sorry not sorry to where we give uh something that we're sorry about but really we're truly not sorry about so pullman what's your first sorry not sorry uh yeah my sorry not sorry goes out to the uh people of startville and the students and alumni of mississippi state um red lobster is adding a mountain dew margarita to the menu and let me tell you this sounds delicious looks delicious Straight up Mississippi State people's alleyway. I know how much they love Mountain Dew down there. I'm not throwing stones either. I love me some Diet Mountain Dew. Got me some redneck in me. It's there fine. you go. Mixed with some whiskey, great. But unfortunately for you guys, Red Lobster's a little too upscale for you. And the closest is actually in Tuscaloosa and Tupelo. So the only way well, those you- are those are the two those are Starkville's favorite vacation spots yeah. is Tupelo and and or uh, yeah Tuscaloosa and West Point. Uh, no, uh, Tuscaloosa and uh, Tupelo. And Tupelo, okay, but, well, yeah, that's their favorite vacation spot. Yeah, no, it's state fans, so when you go see your second favorite team and wear your same color of crimson Tuscaloosa, get yourself a reservation. Get your ass kicked on the or, field. Or if you have to go see your pro officer up in Tupelo, you can go stop by at the Red Lobster and grab yourself a couple. But do not get your third DUI because they will pull your license. Yep, yep. Well, uh, getting into my sorry, not sorry, similar to your Starkville alums, state alums and Starkville residents, uh, my sorry, not sorry, is to all Michigan fans out there. The starting quarterback for Michigan, Dylan McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's younger brother, was start was slated to be their starter this year. He opted out today, even though they, you know, he might have been the backup. Whatever, I don't, you know, he. I think that a lot of Michigan fans thought he would be the starter because of his Mc- name, the last name, McCaffrey. Exactly. He opted out today, the same day that the conference allowed uh, announced to come back to football. Sorry, not sorry. Y'all had Shea Patterson last year. Y'all stole him from my Ole Miss Rebels. He was y'all's quarterback. He sucked. It still sucks to kind of watch him up there and play for Michigan. Y'all stole him from us. 
Now, sorry not sorry, your own quarterback this year is opting out in a season where he could play and, and should play. He's opting out. Good luck, Michigan fans, this year. You all probably lose to Ohio State for the 10 billionth time and go 5-8 and eight and Harbaugh will still be your coach. Look, I, I think even if McCaffrey wasn't starting, it's a big loss for them because the last name itself, it is from it's like cachet. top five football families oh, yeah. out there. There's been like four McCaffreys playing the even, NFL. Even if he wasn't good, if you had like a like a junior in high school, like a, a big time quarterback recruit that's like looks up and say, Oh, they have Dylan McCaffrey as their starting quarterback, like shit, that could be me in a couple years. He looks cool out there. I want to go to Michigan. Like that's all gone now. Jim Harbaugh, big loss here, uh, even in even in name alone. But yeah, sorry, not sorry, Michigan fans. Y'all, y'all have to live with another mediocre season. Getting into our next bit here, topical poison, where we discuss some current events around the world, around the Twitter sphere, around around Instagram, whatever, whatever you've seen around social media and just current events. We'll get into some topical poison. So Pullman, what's our topical poison pick of the week? Oh uh, yeah, the uh, thing I got, Kanye West today. Uh, he's going on a Twitter rant as he tends to do. Uh, decided to put his Grammy in the toilet and uh, record himself peeing on it, which uh, leads me to a great idea. I would love to see athletes celebrate in a more unique way with their championships, uh, rings, trophies, and whatnot. Uh, like first, I'd love to see Jimbo Fisher uh, throw his FSU ring in the toilet and piss on it himself. Yeah, uh, Reggie Bush piss on his Heisman Trophy that he, I think, got back. Maybe not. I don't know. He got it taken away. Piss on his Heisman Trophy. It, 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 they took it away from him because of recruiting violations. Yeah. Reggie Bush, piss on your Heisman Trophy. Another topical, um, if the Browns ever do win a Super Bowl, I'd love to see Odell go number two on the uh, trophy itself. Yeah, that. hey, right back, right back, topical. That's topical and topical. That's topical and topical, Yeah, yes. right there. Um, who else? O.J. Simpson also piss on his piss on his Heisman Trophy. I think they took that away in his uh, lawsuit against whatever. He had to go steal it back from his... From that like Vegas hotel room, that one with that automatic one. weapon. People he, forget that yeah. OJ Simpson decided to heist his own trophy back. Yeah, so just all these all these uh, athletes. Jimbo Fisher, that was a great one, pissing on his Florida State national championship ring. Like he does not care about that anymore at all. He's just sitting in a bed of money that A and M is paying him. Yeah, no, like uh, there there are a few others out there. Um, maybe Djokovic even just. Uh, I don't know, throwing away all of his trophies, just giving a middle finger to the tennis community yeah. as he tends to do. Hitting, hitting, a, hitting a ball very hard into at, his, trophy into his trophies instead of into like like a, a ball boy on the sidelines. Like hit one into your trophy collection and see how many it breaks. It's very Gronk-esque of him denting the Lombardi trying to bunt with it. That so. was, yes, that was the Electric same thing. Electric content. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Um, so that, those are our, uh, our new bits that we're doing. we got one more, actually, uh, two-week lines. So in a normal season or in a normal week, we'll, we'll look ahead in SEC slate to two weeks ahead to where the lines have not been released, and we'll try to guess what we think the lines will be. We'll try to maybe get a, a few hot takes on who we think will be favored more than the lines will actually be. But the the lines are already released for SEC this week, so we're just gonna I'm just gonna throw out a a, a random line to Pullman who he hadn't looked at these he has no idea what I'm saying I'm just gonna throw out a random line to him and get his immediate reaction his his dumb brain take on this line here and he's gonna do the same for me so I'll, I'll let you go first you go ahead Pullman all right uh, my game UGA at Arkansas with former coach Sam Pittman uh, traveling to play. Uh, his old team, his old offensive line, uh, now led up by Matt Luke. What do you think that line is? Okay, um, this is in Arkansas or in Georgia? In Arkansas. We don't know what Arkansas Stadium, though, because we never know. No one knows. Um, I'm going to say it's 33 and a half. 24 and a half. Holy they shit. They like the Hogs a little more than I'd think I would. 
Oh, so do they think Sam Pittman knows that team so well that he can like self scout and like be able to diagnose some Arkansas or some Georgia? Well, players? I've heard Sam Pittman's been out there in full pads, just trucking away. The I would have thought Sam Pittman would be in full mascot uniform, being the hog, the way he like snarls and growls at people. Honestly, he might be the hog this year. He I, could. I, I he can't kind confirm of he or literally deny. looks like the hog. He gets red like him, makes yeah, noises like him. I would. I would hammer Georgia. Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I'll take Georgia at 24 points right there. I think that's way too few. Arkansas might go. Arkansas will go 0 and 10 this year. That that line is squirrely, but that hey, that's why we do this. My dumb brain, two weeks out, says take Georgia, and who knows? By by this time next week, I might be saying the opposite. So I'll go ahead and give you mine. The Kentucky Wildcats in the Plains at Auburn. At Auburn, what do you think that line is? Ooh, at Auburn. At Auburn. Nine and a half. Seven and a half. Kentucky only catching seven and a half at Auburn. So they really like the dogs in these early weeks for the SEC which games. Which kind of makes so. sense. Which kind of makes sense. Early on, you don't want to let t- the point spreads get too big. Like you saw with Clemson last week, way too big of a spread. They didn't cover. It gets out of hand. You have no reason to cover. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's big dog season, especially with big cats, big big wildcats there with, with Kentucky. I think Kentucky has a pretty good team, too. I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be It is away anything. from Kroger Field, which is a little concerning. That is very concerning. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, Kentucky's a little squirrely there. I like, I, like, uh, I like the Wildcats. I like Mark Stoops and his, what he's built over there with what he can at Kentucky. Um, so those are, our, those are our bits so far. We'll refine. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll keep them going as, the, as, the, uh, as our podcast goes on. But now we'll get into what you really came for. Week negative one picks. Week negative one picks. So, Pullman, start us off with our first game of the week. First game, uh, BC travels to Duke, uh, where Duke is a five and a half point favorite. Eleven o'clock kickoff, Bagman. What are you thinking? So yeah, I don't have a ton of notes on this game. This is a, a trend that I saw last week of first first year head coaches in their first game. Boston College's head coach first year in his first game here. It's it's weird times. He's having to maneuver all the all the new uh, regulations with practicing and everything. He doesn't really know his his roster. He doesn't know you know who his best players are he didn't have a spring practice on the other hand David Cudcliffe's been there for like 30 years at Duke he's already played Notre Dame last week they looked pretty good uh covering against a damn good Notre Dame team that I think will be there at the end of the ACC schedule give me Duke and give me, I'll, I'll lay the five and a half here with um, a pretty green Boston College team that might still be feeling itself out very green and um I'm with you on this pick but I got two reasons dip, very different than your reasons one how do you fire Steve Adizio? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes would be perfect for COVID times. Just guys being dudes, playing football. He was the definition of BC. Chill dude. Six and six every season. It's what you want up and be like, no one's going to go to the games. You just want a football coach who's going to walk around and bro it up. Yep. Maybe pull out his spoon, toss some long balls to the lax team, uh, go hit on the rowing team, whatever. Just be a bro. So yep. that's reason one. Can't bet on Boston College after firing their probably like the almost like the mascot of their school. Yeah, yeah. He was like he was the face of the entire university. And point number two, the date of this game being played, uh, what is it, nine nineteen? Pretty close um, to September eleventh. And if you know the story of BC, the guy, the man, the red bandana, red the, bandana game. The, yeah, they're not playing the red bandana game. Well, it's got to be a home game. Near nine eleven, they've played it on the road, I believe, before. Oh. So, them not wearing the red bandana garb to support one of their most famous alumni. Right after 9-11. Right after 9-11. When they don't do the red bandana game on or around 9-11, 
automatic L for BC that week. So I'm riding heavy on Duke. Love it. Love that. Love that. We'll jump right into our next game. Uh, Austin P at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's giving up 33 points here. Pullman, what do you like? Yeah, um, Austin P is the worst team in Division One history, and I'm not making that up. They have the worst record in Division One history over the last 100 years, 75 years. I don't know when people started moving to Clarksville, Tennessee, and they decided they needed a university Where there. Where the hell is Clarksville, Tennessee? It's a good question. <laughs> I'll get back to you when I figure that out. Yeah. Cincinnati minus 33. Um, Austin P is awful. Uh, I don't. I don't like that we're both on. We're, we both have the same picks here on the first two games. I'm also on Cincinnati minus 33. Austin P lost to Pitt 55 to nothing last weekend. I watched the first half. It was 45 to nothing at halftime. It was a complete and utter abomination on Austin P. They also lost to Central Arkansas uh, in week one, or I guess week negative four. They lost by seven to Central Arkansas, a terrible Central Arkansas team. Austin P is god-awful. Luke Fickle, again, same trend as I said in the first game. Luke Fickle, he's been at, at Cincinnati for, for a few years now. A very good head coach. He's, he's, he's young and promising. He wants that Ohio State job whenever it opens up next. And they have a third-year starting quarterback coming back. So I really like Cincinnati, uh, even giving up 33. I know that's a ton of points, but I'm going to lay them all day against the shitty Austin P team. Uh, next game, jumping back, 11 o'clock. Tulsa traveling to Oklahoma State. Boone T. Pickens Stadium, Oak State, minus 22. Bagman, what are you liking here? I'm laying the points again here. Big favor, but I like the big favor here. Minus 22, give me Oak State. This game was actually scheduled for last weekend, uh, but it had to be postponed. So last weekend when this game was postponed, Tulsa had had 17 days of practices that were available and only had seven practices because of all the positive COVID tests. They weren't able to practice at all. They only had seven practices before the game was postponed last week. There's only been like 10 days since then, so I couldn't imagine them getting in many more practices. Give me, give me Oklahoma State at home with you know a, a very seasoned staff. They got Mike Gundy. Good head coach. I know they had some off-season issues with, with Mike Gundy repping OAN and, and their uh, stud running back, Chubba Hubbard, you know, trying to quit the team or whatever. I know that was that was a big thing, but they, they mended those fences pretty quickly. I'll take I'll lay those twenty three with Oklahoma State at home against a against the Tulsa team that probably hasn't even practiced like at all this year. Yeah, um I hate this. We're on the same side here. Damn it. Oklahoma State. Fun fact, returning the most starters in Division One this year with eighteen. Loaded both sides of the ball. Great team last year. But here's the wrinkle in with what you're saying. I like Oklahoma State, or I like the over 65.5 as well. Ooh. I think this is something Oak State covers by themselves. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can see that easily. I can see this being like 56 to 0 at half. Second string, first string comes back in, one drive. Second string scores one touchdown, over hits. T- Tulsa scores one touchdown game hits. I'm a little worried that we're getting on a pick your poison consensus quake for like the whole card here. I hope that's not how this ends up because that's that that becomes fade pick your poison territory. Look, we're both we both have a winning record. Yes. We're gonna pick some opposite games here. We got a limited slate. These are winners. This these week. are absolute winners. All right, all right, all right. We we have good reasoning behind these people. We got or at least two and three so far. We were able a winning record still, but we'll hump it, hop right into our next one. Hump uh, right in. Hump right in. Sorry, I have, I still have. Uh, I still have Miss Muschamp on my mind, but uh, getting into our next one, UCF Central Florida at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is an underdog at home, seven and a half points over under of sixty-two. Pullman, what do you think? Yeah, this is a rat trap and a half, and I'm besetting the rat trap here. Love Georgia Tech getting seven and a half at home. I think they've really kind of turned the corner as a program. They're going to keep it close against average to okay teams. They're probably going to get blown out by the Clemson's of the world. But they're not going to have UCF come up and blow their doors off. 
after they get a big emotional win against um, Florida State. Florida State last weekend. So I really like Georgia Tech here catching seven and a half at home. Bobby Dobb. Boom. First, first, uh, a non non consensus here on the Pick Your Poison podcast. I'm going to lay the points again here with with UCF. UCF has had some UCF has had some opt outs. Honestly, they've had like seven or eight players opt out this season, which is not good. But I'm going with the same trend I had last week of of an overreaction to a game that the public saw. Public saw Georgia Tech beat Florida State on the road last week. I think that's going to be a big overreaction. Seven and a half points is not nearly enough for a Georgia Tech team that's still trying to figure itself out after a triple option two years ago. UCF, they've been a staple in like the mid-majors for a while. I like them going on the road here and probably boat racing. I, I kind of like the over as well. Uh, again, where a team can can cover the over by themselves, 62 here for the over under. I think UCF wins this by 14 to 21, and um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay those seven and a half and take UCF. Guess we'll jump uh, in our next game, little uh, game we both kind of bet on both teams at some point on or against. Uh, team's been playing a lot. CBS 2:30 game, App State at Marshall. Oh wow! I guarantee this is the first time Rand Marshall has ever had a CBS national game come in. I don't know what the CBS is. CBS is Mississippi State LSU next weekend. I haven't seen an announcement. I yet. think that I think that is right. But <laughs> CBS going from CBS going from uh, Marshall and App State to to an SEC game is, is quite the. Uh, oh, I thought you were saying them going from Rand to Startville. It's going to be pretty nice. It's actually in, I think that was in Baton Rouge. But yeah, no, it, just just the contrast of, of people turning on on CBS at two thirty setting their alarm clock with college football, just assuming there's going to be a good game. <laughs> Seeing Marshall and App State, assuming it'll be an SEC game, is going to be quite the uh, quite the misfit for them. Uh, yeah, here, really like App State. I, I know we bet against them last week. They ended up not, I mean, good for us. They didn't cover, but they did almost cover. Was it 14 point? They won by 14 on a 17 they point spread. They won by 15 on a 17 and a half point spread, I believe. Against, against uh, Charlotte? Yeah, and I think here, I think App State's a really good team. I think Marshall is a traditional below-average team this year that's a group of five team. But I think the reason it's almost it's around a touchdown game in the book is because what Marshall did to EKU in the first game of the season where they beat EKU 59 to nothing. Oh, let me tell you this. Austin P worst team, Division One history, EKU might be the second worst. <laughs> okay. I mean, App State is a pretty good team. They were, what, like 12-1 and one last year? They had a pretty damn good v- year very, last year. Very, very valid argument to go play in the Cotton Bowl instead of Memphis, but I don't want to fight that fight anymore. Yeah, yeah. How, how many points is this? Uh, five and a half, App State at home. I really like App State. Wow. Uh, I think they can just kind of roll the helmets out in this game and cover this. Yeah, I don't have a pick on this one, but you're making a very convincing argument. I'll uh, I'll revisit that. I'll have to do a little bit of research before, before kickoff. I might add that to my card, but I'm not as of now. I don't have a read on that. So, Do we have a sound effect if you might add something to the car, like like a little like drum roll? Or yeah, something? yeah, I'll I'll put some soundbite out on the on the Twitter sphere, Instagram, uh, for our listeners to know to to add that to uh, Bagman's card. Last game. Last game. Are we already in our last game? Last consensus. You you got some. Uh, some free plays you want to yeah, fire I do, off. Yeah, I do. In. We can get into our last game. This is a pretty big game. What's it? Six thirty on ABC. Six thirty ABC. Two ranked teams. Only time that's happening this weekend. Two pretty decent up and coming ACC teams. Uh, Miami traveling to Louisville. You said six thirty. Uh, Louisville's minus two and a half point favorite. Over under is set at sixty four and a half. Bagman. Yeah. So this screams over to me. I don't have a pick on the spread. I think these are pretty two evenly matched teams here. But I love that over of 64 and a half. 
These two teams combined for 79 points last year. We saw Miami in week one with their quarterback, Derek King. He looked pretty dynamic, but Louisville has an equally dynamic quarterback in Michael Cunningham. He's a third-year starter. He'll be back for his third year this year. Put up big, big, big numbers last year. I don't know. I, I see both these teams running around, throwing it deep, chunking it all over the field. I don't think either defense is particularly good. Miami gave up a decent amount of points last week to uh, UAB. It was a close game, kind of there until the end. I like the over of 64 and a half here. This this might just be a bag man later in the day, 6.30 kickoff, just chasing an over, just being having a few beers and wanting to see an over hit. But I'm going to be chasing the points here. Give me the over of 64 and a half. Pullman? Yeah, uh, I like Louisville here. I also, side note, I kind of like your over there. It's similar to what you said in the previous one. You might have taught me into it. I was kind of thinking it beforehand. But I really like Louisville here. Last year in this game, Miami beat Louisville by 30 points when Miami was the better team. They improved more over that. They are both in the cellar prior to last year, but they're both on the right track now, and Miami still blew their doors off last year with the worst offensive coordinator. That's why I think this is a revenge game right here. I think Louisville's going to come in guns a-blazing, ready to uh, evacerate themselves from last year, and who knows, maybe the overhits too, but I really love Louisville minus 2.5 here. Uh, I think they only beat WKU last weekend by 14, but I think WKU is a premier group of six team. And I think uh, after kind of knocking the rust off, I think Louisville's going to continue to where they were last year when they beat State in the uh, Music City Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. I remember Louisville absolutely boat raising. That was after State got into a huge fight, though, in the in their bowl game prep and then fired their head coach immediately after. So I don't want to put too much stake into that. That's why I'm not taking a side here, but I do love the over of 64.5. So that's our. Uh, those are all the main games this week. I have a couple more juicy lines for you guys, though. Uh, Houston at Baylor. Baylor's minus 4.5 in their first game of the season. So... Baylor was supposed to play Louisiana Tech last weekend, but it was canceled because of COVID, obviously. Uh, But before it was canceled, Baylor released their depth chart last week, and five starters. Five. Oh yeah, this was. You know, you have to do it before. Wait, a college football coach released a depth chart without a gun to his head. Yes, yes, and and he released the depth chart. Five starters were not even listed on the depth chart because of COVID. Like he released the depth chart knowingly, knowing he didn't have to. And did not even include five of his starters that were that were penciled in as starters in the before the season. So that's a little concerning to me that those, that was just one week ago today, and now they're supposed to play this weekend against the Houston team. When you know COVID concerns and everything, I think the Big Ten said 21 days from when you are deemed positive when you test positive for COVID before you're even allowed back into practice. So I think those five players that tested positive last week, I would be shocked if they're able to play this week. At least maybe not all of them, but at least most of them wouldn't be allowed to play this week. So I like Houston here. Also, Houston had eight spring practices to Baylor's zero. That's a pretty big deal considering Baylor's bringing in a new head coaching staff with Dave Aranda. No spring practice is going to be a tough a tough way to be able to feel out his roster and feel out his team versus a Houston team that's had his um, – what's the Houston head coach? Uh, Dana Holgerson. Holgerson's been there for a couple years. He knows his roster. He knows his team. He's a little more comfortable there. I'll take Houston He's catching. dealt with a lot of adversity, too. He's had more players quit on them before COVID than any other coach. Well, I mean, Dana Holgerson is a fiery man. You know, he's he's got a little like, he's got a little like you're either with me or you're against me. So the players that are there, I hope, have still bought in. I like Houston catching four and a half here against the Baylor team that's, you know, new coaching staff, new players. I think they only bring back two starters on defense. I'll take Houston catching four and a half here. My last one here is uh, FAU versus Georgia Southern. Another another COVID play I like here. This line to open up is Florida Atlantic 
minus seven and a half. It's down to Georgia Southern minus one and a half. So a big eight point swing here. And that's all because Florida Atlantic had 11 players test positive for COVID. This game is still getting played, still getting played because not enough position groups have been hit all at once. But 11 positives is a lot. They didn't even practice on Tuesday. Florida Atlantic did not even practice on Tuesday. That's a huge like misstep in your game prep and everything. I think the public saw that. I think the Sharps saw that in the FAU Georgia Southern game where the public's not going to be all over normally. But seeing an open at 7.5 and now down to, to 1.5 on the other side, Sharps are hammering Georgia Southern. I'm going to go ahead and take it. I took it actually last night at Georgia Southern plus 2.5. They're minus 1.5 now. If you can get it less than 3, I still say take Georgia Southern with Florida Atlantic being decimated by COVID with 11 players out. So those are my two juicy COVID plays. You got to keep your finger on the pulse here with COVID now. With, with Without, you know, People being tested so frequently, you might get a positive later in the week. So make sure you're checking the rosters and everything before kickoff to make sure you're getting the best lines available and the best teams available for these games. So that's it for our week negative one plays. That's that's it in the books. We'll tweet them out, Instagram them out before the games on Saturday to make sure y'all are all well aware. But yeah, week week negative one. We got a juicy week one coming up next week. Pullman, any other thoughts before we close it out? Yeah, I want everyone listening right now to know, like, you know, maybe energy down, whatever. Whatever's going on in your life is fine. SEC football starts next week. I'm going to need you to get out your big boy panties and be ready to get lit. I'm talking about gambling, drinking, whatever you do that entertains yourself, do it. Because we don't know how much of this we're going to get. We didn't think we were going to get any for a while. But thank God we have SEC football next week. And that's all I got. Love it, love it. Well, we'll end it right there. Um, we, we look forward to talking to you next week about some SEC football. Woo! But until then... Can't wait to-